My first was when I was 16. What about you? When was your first? I was 14. Oh, man. That's too young. What about you? My... my first? Uh... Yeah, how old were you? Well, I was... uh... Come on. Never. Oh, Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Loser. Are you serious? You've never had a job? Dude, you're gonna die broke. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, we were talking about jobs? I need to make a phone call. Welcome to Work It, a show about work. This is a work of satire containing mature themes. Pour le service en français, appuyez sur le 1. For writer and performer Sam Alamang, please press 2. For writer and performer Janet Mowat, please press 3. For a measured and insightful discussion of this option is unavailable. For a comedic look at first jobs, full of broken dreams and a surprising amount of slaughter, please stay on the line. Welcome live, people. It's Work It, Episode 5. The first job is the deepest. Today we're talking all about first jobs. First jobs are special. You deal with customers for the first time. And in so doing, you get your first real sense of just how doomed we all are. What's that? You'd like a discount on this episode? I'll need to speak with my manager. So dig in, start your work life, and if you're lucky, we'll see you here for the next 50 years. Hope you didn't have plans. In the future, the world will burn, cities will fall, and humanity will fight for its very existence. But what will we do for work? These are future first jobs. Newspaper delivery, kid. Even with all printing and broadcasting infrastructure destroyed, the news still matters. You'll go from town to town delivering pieces of paper with crude illustrations of a giant slug. If people ask, slugs are attacking us. Or we might be attacking them. Or giant slugs may hold a key to cancer research. We're not really sure. Can't exactly call Reuters. Fast food worker. Just because all beef and dairy farms were incinerated in World War III doesn't mean you can't get a good meal. Responsibilities include checking the dog traps, fly cook, and refilling the milkshake machine with fresh roach milk. Does the customer want a supersized order of deep-fried dirt? Make sure to ask. Lifeguard. It's summer and you know what that means. Kids are flocking to the old swimming pool, highly irradiated. Your job is to keep them safe. Children should be pulled from the water for the following reasons. Pool noodles come to life and attack the children. Chlorine bandits. Prolonged exposure to the water leads to face melting. Hello Office fans from coast to coast and welcome to sunny Hamilton. Today we're following the storied Magnus Enterprises and the question on everybody's mind is how will the young guns perform? Sandy's with me in the booth, what do you think Sandy? Well, Bob, Magnus Enterprises is an older team, lots of veterans here. All eyes right now are on the promising new rookie, Clara Anderson. That's right, Sandy, and the workers are stepping into the communal workspace now, heading to their desks. Anderson's looking a bit confused, I think she's lost. 
Yeah, not the most promising start, Bob. Anderson's been with the team for two weeks now, and she's still struggling to find her spot every morning. Yes, well, she showed many promising traits coming up through business school. Sometimes there's an adjustment period. Absolutely, Bob. The clock is ticking down to 9 a.m. Everyone's in their positions, and... Here we go! Yes, the standard opening maneuver. Smith immediately opens emails. McLaren heads straight for the coffee machine. That's a risky move, Bob. The managers have really been cracking down on coffee fouls. And sure enough, McLaren's been called out. That's a second verbal warning, Bob. He'll need to be careful now. Now turning our attention to the rookie Anderson. She's got some photocopying to do. There's a simple task, Bob, right in her wheelhouse. You can tell Anderson is comfortable with this one. She's logged on, set the correct paper size. Oh, a great move selecting the staple option. The machine starts up. Note that she selected the double-sided option, Bob. Really eco-friendly. Oh, and the copier has jammed. Oh, I'd expect this of someone twice her age, Bob. I hope she can get it fixed. Anderson has called over several members of the team. They've opened most of the photocopier's doors. Carter sticks a pencil in the machine. Oh, no luck this time. That's classic Carter right there. She's been sticking pencils in copiers since the 80s. This jam just won't clear up. Let's see what the managers think. And they've seen enough. They're sending everyone back to their desks. This copier jam is a real setback for Anderson, isn't it? Yeah, her position on the team is precarious as it is, Bob. She can't be feeling good about this. And there's the whistle signaling lunch break. A tough first period for Magnus Enterprises. Sandy's got Sid Smith in the break room. Sandy? Thanks, Bob. Sid Smith, what are your thoughts on this morning's performance? Well, you know, we just gotta keep our heads up, you know, be proactive. You managed to send some really professional emails right off the bat. Yeah, you know, gotta be proactive, gotta keep my head up, you know. What are your thoughts on Anderson's play at the photocopier? Well, you know, uh, she's young, she's got a lot to learn about operating office equipment, but, uh, you know, that really set us back. What are you expecting from the afternoon? Uh, you know, we're gonna keep our heads up, you know, keep it proactive. Thanks, Sid. Thanks. Okay, thanks, Sandy. We'll be back shortly with Afternoon Action. Landing your first job can be daunting. It's the first step into a much broader world. What does it all mean? Does your first job really dictate the rest of your life? Or is it just a meaningless step along the way? A useful insight into this came from the recent hashtag first seven jobs. It seemed like everyone was weighing in. Celebrities, billionaires, politicians, and boring schlubs no one cares about, like you and me. Some notable first jobs include Lin-Manuel Miranda cleaning slushy machines and Eric Larson working as, quote, lab glass washer pig sperm. Wow, I'm learning lots already. Let's look at some of the business world's most important leaders and see what they learned from their earliest work experiences. Sheryl Sandberg, COO of Facebook and former vice president of Google. Sheryl's first two jobs were both babysitting ones. I'm hesitant to count babysitting as a job since a 12-year-old can do it, but she's the boss. And how did babysitting go for Sheryl? She sucked. She was fired from both gigs, once for opening the door to a stranger and once for falling asleep. Okay. What lessons do you think she might have carried into her staggeringly successful career? Well, she opened her social network to all sorts of strangers. And she wasn't sleeping, she was leaning in to the sofa. Maybe someone should have poked her. Uh, remember pokes? Facebook? Moving on. Jeff Bezos has a similarly unassuming origin story. At the age of 16, he was flipping burgers at McDonald's. Yeah, but everyone did that, and most of us aren't billionaire corporate warlords with cities of the world over begging us to move in and bleed them dry. 
What helped Bezos make that leap? Well, he observed the importance of getting things to the buyer quickly. Oh wow, why didn't I think of that? I wonder if there's anything else he picked up from the McDonald's experience. Well, how to exploit workers, duh. Over 99 billion in corporate servitude. Aesthetic inspiration? He looks like a cold droopy french fry. Yum. Now if we're talking precocious beginnings, you can't get much more precocious than legendary investor Warren Buffett, who started hustling at six years old. This tiny child, who presumably should have been in school, was selling chewing gum and Coca-Cola door-to-door for a tidy profit. Soon enough, he was a bright-eyed young man getting rejected from Harvard University. What do you think those early days taught him? Well, there's more profit in selling marked-up junk food to morons than in an Ivy League education. Stay in school, kids. Now, in honor of our first Jobs episode, Workit has reached out to some of these celebrities to learn more about the humble beginnings of their impressive careers. Buzz Aldrin. Buzz, you got your start as a dishwasher. What was that like? The promotion policy that President Johnson put forth rewarded some people with almost a double promotion. Lin-Manuel Miranda. So, Lin-Manuel, your first job was working the slushy machine. What do you remember about that job? You know, that's not a job that's around much anymore, but back in the day, these were the guys who turned on the lights and took care of the lights. Wow, that was informative. But it makes me wonder, what was your first job, Sam? Great question, Janet. Blackmailer specializing in campus radio program directors. How about you? Yeah, me too. Some people say when looking for your first job, you should fake it till you make it. Listeners, brace yourself for a cautionary tale of how this advice can go terribly wrong. So, Janet, first night on the job, eh? First night on my first job, sir. Really? So you've never bartended before? No, sir, but don't worry. I've got everything under control. You're absolutely sure? I could pull one of the other bartenders to help you out at this table. That won't be necessary, sir. I am extremely comfortable. So long as you're sure, since here comes your first customer now. Good evening, barkeep. Well, I'll get going and leave you to it. What'll it be, sir? A whiskey sour. One whiskey sour coming up. Whiskey sour? What the hell's that? What are you going to do? You don't know how to tend bar. You're a fraud, a gigantic fraud. Calm down, Janet. Calm down. Fake it till you make it, remember? Fake it till you make it. Okay, we can whip up a whiskey sour, no problem. Fake it till you make it. All right, what do we have back here? Uh, Here's the whiskey and a whole lot of paint thinner and one whiskey sour. Thank you, madam. I, ooh. What the hell happened? Uh, He started drinking the paint thinner. I tried to stop him. Oh my God, someone needs to drive him to the hospital. Sir, it would be my honor to drive this man to the hospital. No, no, let me get one of our drivers. Sir, I really must insist that you let me drive this man to the hospital. Please. You're absolutely sure? I am. You have your license and a car? I certainly do. It'd be pretty silly to offer otherwise, wouldn't you say? Yes, I... I suppose so. Okay, well, take him to your car, and I'll find someone to cover for you. Sounds good, and... See, Daisy, here we go. We're taking you to the hospital. You don't have your license, you liar. And a car? You're out of your mind. Settle down, Janet. Settle down. Fake it till you make it, remember? How hard can it be? Just gotta find a nice-looking car, nothing too crazy. This should do. Woof! Let's just get you buckled in, sir, and off to the hospital we go. Now then, which way to the hospital? Fake it till you make it, Janet. Why, I bet it's off the side of this bridge. Are you sure? 
I've got a good feeling about it. Oh, okay. Janet, thank God you're all right. I got here as fast as I could. I was driving our customer to the hospital like we discussed, sir, and out of nowhere the car skidded out and crashed through the railing. And your passenger, did he make it? He's hanging by a thread, but he's going to need some CPR. Thank God. I'll get one of the EMTs here at once. Sir, I feel it's my duty to perform life-saving CPR. Really, it's no problem. Sir, it's my duty to perform all tasks asked of me. Really, no one's asking. Well, in any event, it would mean a lot. It's my first day, sir, and I want to do my part. Now you're absolutely sure. I am. Because when I asked you if you can mix drinks, he ended up with paint thinner. And when I asked if you can drive, he ended up in the ocean. That's right. But this time, I'm sure nothing will go wrong. You're sure? Absolutely. A hundred percent certain. Well, okay. And I'll just pop over and get an EMT, just in case. If that makes you feel better, sir, I won't stop you. Okay. Be right back. Uh, be careful. First aid? You don't know first aid. No big deal, Janet, no big deal. Fake it till you make it, remember? Okay, let's see. He's not breathing. Well, that seems easy enough. I'll just knock some sense into him. He'll be breathing again in no time. Let me grab this rock. Janet, for the love of God, what are you doing? Fake it till you make it, sir! Well, so long as you're absolutely sure. You saved me. Boy, that whiskey sour packs a punch. Here comes Sally after her first day of work. Golly, what a day! Did you enjoy work, Sally? I sure did, but gee whiz am I tired. Well, get used to it. You're a grown-up now. Hello? Hiya, Sally. It's Billy. Say, can I take you to the movies tonight? Root beer floats on me. I'm real sorry, Billy, but I've got to get my things ready for work tomorrow. Aw, rats. That's the spirit, Sally. Now that you're a grown-up, you have no time for childish distractions like a social life. Well, Jiminy Crickets. At least I'll get a nice big paycheck soon. Great news, Sally. Any plans for it? Well, once I've paid off my bills and bought groceries, I'll have just a little left over to enjoy myself with. Oh, but Sally, aren't you forgetting something? Oh, shucks. Savings. Well, I suppose I could... That's not all, Sally. Wait, what... what's happening? Feeling a little twinge in your mouth? A toothache? No! Don't do this to me! Oh, but surely you have dental benefits in your 29.5-hour-a-week quote-unquote part-time job. Please, no! I can't afford the dentist! Guess those groceries will have to wait, Sally. Oh, God, it hurts! <laughs> Get used to it, Sally. You're a grown-up now. I don't want to be an adult! Let's <laughs> make it stop! Oh, 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 oh,
So here's a harrowing item about education and first jobs. As summarized in Fortune, a recent study of 4 million US workers found that graduates whose first jobs out of college don't require their degrees are five times more likely to remain underemployed in the long term. Like Sisyphus rolling his boulder up the hill. As two classics PhD dropouts, we are five times more likely to make that reference. We're also 100% more likely to remain underemployed than anyone else on Earth. We women have it extra rough. Nearly half of us start our post-college life underemployed, compared to 37% of men. We're also more likely to remain so. Well, except for engineers. Damn it, Janet. I love you. I mean, darn it, Janet. Why don't you go back and study engineering? You could finally make that podcast chateau I've been sketching. No thanks, Sam. And if you're done sketching, please put your crayons away. Oh man. And don't eat them, remember last time? Petit. Moreover, it's not simply disheartening for people in these positions, it's downright expensive. Recent college grads working jobs at a non-bachelor's level make $10,000 less than their peers whose work is commensurate with their education. $10,000. Think of all the crayons you could eat. Er, buy. Crayons you could buy. In an effort to be more pragmatic, many students have turned away from the humanities towards so-called practical fields like business. Apparently, learning how to give a presentation confidently isn't sufficient. It's supposed to have ideas, too. Those poor business students. Well, as for us humanities students, maybe we'd have benefited from a close reading of some PowerPoints or whatever the heck they do. Now, there are a few factors explaining why all this is happening. As to why college grads aren't getting appropriate jobs, it could be that their degree simply didn't prepare them for the workplace. And how can we truly be prepared for the workplace without rigorous study of gossiping, second-guessing management, and seeing what weird Twitter is up to today? foundational skills of the modern workplace. And as far as the gender gap goes, all we can offer is speculation. First, men tend to be more assertive in going for positions for which they're only partially qualified. As the saying goes, Lord, give me the confidence of a mediocre white man. Which is such a joke, I'm not confident at all. And second, men just have access to better professional networks out of school. The world is their oyster. Or boyster, per last week's scene on portmanteaus. And you thought bro-paw was bad. Now, ignoring automation and the constraints imposed by a decimated social safety net. Because not ignoring them is a path to utter despair. Ignoring those factors, why would someone apply for a job beneath their education? And when is it right to hire them? Well, folks, WorkIt has got you covered with a few helpful mock interview scenarios to help answer these questions. Scenario 1. So how does your work as a brain surgeon prepare you to work at H&M? Well, I work well under pressure and I'm extremely reliable. I see. And what if a man comes in asking for a nice new shirt? How would you handle that? I'd probably drill into his head. Scenario 2. So how does your work as a cardiologist prepare you to work at McDonald's? Well, in my medical training, I learned a fair bit about food and nutrition. So let's say a man can't choose between the number one and the number three combo. What would you do then? Well, I'd probably remove his heart. Scenario 3. So how does your work as an orthopedic surgeon prepare you for co-hosting a comedy podcast? Well, in the course of my work, you really learn the importance of a good laugh. I see. And how would you end this sketch? Well, I'd probably saw through your bones. You're hired! Ow! You're hired! I can't hear you! Bone saw! I said you're hired! You're hired! Oh no! My bone! Welcome back to Magnus Enterprises. Lunch break is just about up. The workers are heading back to their desks and here comes the second half of the workday.
And here we go! McLaren goes straight to the coffee machine and immediately gets called for it. That'll be a major, Bob. You can't be happy about that. Anderson's in charge of changing the big water cooler bottle. This is a new role for her. Yes, definitely outside her comfort zone, Bob. Anderson shrugs off offers of assistance, hoists the bottle on her shoulder. Ooh, she's a little off balance here. Shrugs off another offer of assistance. Really great confidence from the rookie here, Bob. She's at the water cooler. Time to install the bottle and... Oh, the rookie has dropped the bottle and somehow sent water cascading all through the office. This is a nightmare, Bob. Electronics shorting out everywhere. Anderson is soaking wet. Could this get any worse for the rookie? It looks like it just did, Sandy. Here comes Mr. Schwartz, the CEO. He's got a bone to pick with Anderson. Anderson's not usually one for confrontation. We'll see how this goes for her. The other workers have gathered around. They're fired up. Mr. Schwartz leans in close. Anderson's desperately trying to explain herself. Ooh, and Mr. Schwartz says he's not mad, he's just disappointed. Oh, a devastating blow to the rookie. Her self-esteem will never recover. Well, that altercation seems to have had the desired effect. The rest of the staff are back at their desks working furiously. That's the power of secondhand embarrassment, Bob. They'll all be talking about this around, well, what's left of the water cooler. Anderson's just playing with her hair now, letting the clock run down. And that's it for this workday, folks. Let's see if we can get a word with Claire Anderson here. Clara, just over here, thanks. Uh, yeah, hi, Bob. Anderson, can you take us through what happened out there? Ugh, that was bullshit. Are you having trouble adjusting to the workplace environment? I'm done. No questions. Let me through. Okay, well, let's go over to Sandy, who's with Mr. Schwartz. Mr. Schwartz, your thoughts on Anderson's performance today? Uh, yeah, Sandy, we're going to be benching her for the next little while. Kit's just not ready yet. You know, these things take time. Thoughts moving forward? Yeah, stop hiring business school hotshots with no real-world experience. Okay, that's it for us here. Thanks for watching, folks. See you next week. Future First Jobs Babysitter, posted by Cormac McCarthy You walk the road. You walk and you protect the child. That is your task. Keep the fire. Keep the old tales. Embers of a dying world. Also, no sweets after bedtime, and make sure he does his homework. Cashier. The barter station needs a cashier. Is it you? In this role, you'll need to know conversion rates like the back of your hand. How many shiny buttons can you get for 20 soda cans? How many pebbles in a stone? How many rats for a Nutri-Pack? Twelve. Bank teller. In this role, you will tell people about banks. If they ask, So people in the before time would store their buttons and pebbles in banks? Tell them about fiat currency and the things men did to amass it. Unpaid intern. You'll contribute to the overall mission of Fallout Shelter 7A. Although an unpaid role, think of the exposure which may, admittedly, lead to face-melting. I'll never forget my first job. I was a camp counselor at Lake Blue Sky Summer Camp. Imagine me, a counselor. It's a time I'll never forget. Take the first day of camp. Ah. My first taste of freedom. You must be the new counselor. I am? 
I mean, I am. All right, fill out these forms. My pleasure. All right, name good, address, blah, blah, blah. All right, this is the important part. Power of attorney? Yeah, just in case. You know, probably won't need it. Okay, I've got a feeling this is going to be the best summer of my whole life. Just shut up and sign. For that one amazing summer, Lake Blue Sky was everything to me. I remember bonding with my fellow counselors, those connections, those shared moments. Boy, what a magical place! Magical? What are you, five? Yeah, what are you, a or something? Yeah, I'll never forget you guys either. And then there were the campers. Oh, the campers. Was I ever so young? Boy, we had some fun times. Even when the activities got a little spooky. You know, some people say, on nights like this, the old ghost can still be heard in these woods, crying out his dying words. Give me your money! No, they were... I'm right behind you, remember? From the story? She's not playing. Give us your money. That's it. Pass me that log. Ow. Ooh. Oh. Hey, cut it out. Use this flaming one. Ow. And in the end, I learned just as much from those kids as they did from me. Those days at Camp Blue Sky seemed like they'd last forever. But before you knew it, it was my last day. I still remember it. Wow, gang, can you believe it's the last day? Put the gag back on. Tie it tighter. <laughs> that should do it. Let's sacrifice this bitch to Ball. Yeah, let's spill his blood for Ball. That's the plan. Even though I was ritually sacrificed to Ball, I'll still always have a special place in my heart for Lake Blue Sky Summer Camp. My first and last summer job. Oh, my little sweetie's all grown up. I'm so proud of you, Junior. Yep, go get him, son. Our little boy's first day of work. Oh, let me take a picture of you. Okay, Mommy. Tease. Oh, aren't you handsome? Now, do you have your lunch bag? Yes, Mommy. And a snack? You know how grumpy you get when you get hungry. Yes, Mommy. Here, wear this scarf in case you get cold. Cheese and crackers, Linda. Ignore your father's cussing, sweetie. Now, I phoned your boss and told her that when you say you have to make duty, you mean you have to go to the bathroom, so there shouldn't be any problem there. Mom! Linda, are you trying to smother the boy? He's fine, aren't you, Junior? Yeah, I'm fine. That's what you said on the first day of kindergarten, Gerald, and remember how that went? That was 20 years ago. 17 years. Shows how much you know. Now listen, if any of those IT boys give you trouble, you come straight to me, okay? Okay, Mommy. I mean, ugh, leave me alone. I can take care of myself, White Dad. That's my boy. Now listen, anyone gives you trouble, you sock him right in the jaw. Okay. Gerald! Quiet, Linda. He's a man now. This is not teaching our son to behave like a gentleman. And what do you do if clowns are playing hard to get? Um, sock him in the jaw. <laughs> That's my boy. With clients, charm is best. Firm handshake, big smile, flirt with the hot ones. Flirt with the hot ones. Got it. Gerald! What? 
What on earth are you telling our boy? These are the exact tactics that got you fired 32 times. It's okay, Dad. I'll make you proud. That's my boy. Now I'm off to the job bank. We'll discuss this later, Gerald. Hey, Mom? Yes, darling? What should I actually do if someone crosses me at work? You just tell me, sweetie, and I'll talk to their parents. Mom, don't embarrass me. You all set now, sweetie? Yeah, I think so. Okay, let's hop in the car. Now give me a kiss. Mom! Mwah! Okay, Gerald Jr., you got this. Firm handshake, foot with the hot ones. Ah, Gerald Jr., welcome. Hi, Mrs. Bennett. I'll show you to your desk. We've got some assignments lined up for you. Jenkins here will get you up to speed. Okay. Is everything all right? You seem unsure. Um, Mrs. Bennett... I have to make duty. Here's your hall pass. Second door on the left. Don't think of this as the end of another episode of Work It. Think of it as the first day in the rest of your podcast listening life. And don't punch out just yet. Did you make sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at at WorkItPod? Check out our site at workitpod.com. Subscribe to the podcast with a rating and a review. Okay, you're free to go. Overtime? Boy, rookie, you've got a lot to learn. Well, I, I was told that I could listen to the radio at a reasonable volume. There are simply too many notes, that's all. Just cut a few and it'll be perfect. By the powers vested in me, by the Federal Communications Commission, I command you to get on the microphone in a serious manner and continue this broadcast. 93.3 CFMU, seriously redefining radio for over 30 years. This is my boomstick!